This is a podcast from ABC Overnights. Time for, well, our weekly look at the world of health and fitness with Professor Gordon Lynch from the University of Melbourne. Gordon, a very good morning to you. Good morning to you, Rod. Now, many times we have talked about the advantages of working out with a friend, with a partner, either in the gym or perhaps uh, when you're out for a run or a walk or a swim or whatever, it's always good to go with somebody else. They can encourage you, you can encourage them, and you can test yourself against them perhaps. But not everybody has that advantage, and some of us have to work out or exercise solo. This morning we're going to look at the advantages and possibly disadvantages of doing that. So, Gordon, why does someone want to train on their own? Yeah, look, I mean, it, the fact may be that you don't have access to a training partner, you know, and you know, some people might mightn't share the same passion you have for a particular type of exercising. So, you know, if your passion's weight training, someone might, you know, is close to you, doesn't want to do that, that's fine. They may have different health goals to you. Uh, I think if you're training with weights, as, as I do, sometimes it's difficult to find someone who may have you know, the same training goals or they may, there may be a mismatch in the, in the strength levels because it's not, it's not out of the question that two people can have different sort of levels of strength. But it can be somewhat frustrating if you're constantly taking plates off or replacing them for every bar on the, you know, on the exercises that you're doing. So you know, some people, I think are sufficiently motivated. I've, I've sort of put myself in that category. You don't necessarily have need to have someone else's encouragement. But another factor about training alone is that, you know, sometimes you're pressed for time and, and you know, usually you want to get through your workout faster, you know, and you can do that when you're training by yourself. And another thing is that some people don't like to be pushed. You know, they prefer working out at their own pace and I think that's fine as well. It's whatever works, works for you. And the other thing why I, I like training alone is it gives me time to think or perhaps not to think, you know, being free of distractions and freeing of, of interruptions and I, I think that that's really good. So th- this whole topic, I think about whether you're, you're training by yourself or, you know, you're training with a partner, it, it's sort of horses for courses. Some like solitude, others, others need constant support and encouragement. There's nothing wrong with training alone. And you know there can be certain uh, advantages when when you're training alone. But I think you know training with a partner may have some advantages that that, um, that may trump that. So how do you motivate yourself when you're training on your own? Yeah, I've I've never I've never had an issue with that because I think if we if we're talking about general health and fitness, that's why that's why we're exercising for most of us. It's really putting our own health as a priority. So if we have health goals and how we look after our body you know, without, without what we do within our lifestyle, exercising towards those health goals can be very important. So I've never sort of lacked that motivation myself and I don't think we, we necessarily should. Now, the motivation to do every single session every week and maintain that consistency Challenges arise, and that's, that's that's because we're human. We're normal, uh, and our motivations do fluctuate. But I think if we if we need that bit of a boost to get back on, on track, you know, if we just reassess and say, well, why are we doing what we're doing? Fundamentally, it should be about health, 
And if we put health as our priority, then I think the motivation to get back in the, into the exercise and with that consistent approach, uh, that, that should come with that territory. Mm. So how do you make it more enjoyable as well? Some people do enjoy working out with somebody else. How do you make it enjoyable if you're doing it on your own? The variety is, is usually a good thing. So I think if, you, if you're changing your program and introducing new exercises, doing the same program over and over, I think that's a recipe for, for staleness. And unless you're, you know, sometimes out, when we're training with weights, for example, and you're lifting weights and you're trying to increase weights, there's, only, there's a limit to how much you can lift. We're only human. Um, so you may reach a certain level, a plateau level, and you think, oh, gee, I'm not getting anywhere here. Usually that's the time when you you, know, you change things and, and you, you introduce new exercises, you, you perhaps consider um, you know, what might, might, might be an advantage of having someone come in and train with you to see to learn from them about different types of exercises as well. And I think that's where some, you know, some of the advantages come um, with training with a partner over solo training um, that we need to consider. So what should you uh, take into account when you're doing that? Yeah, so if you're training with a with a partner, I think one of the you know the best things about training with a partner is that you can you can push and you can motivate each other. I think motivation is a key factor here that we're talking about. You're less likely to to miss a training session if you know that you're going to letting letting down your partner, letting down someone. So you can be a source of motivation for them and and vice versa. Um, you know, if you're pushing hard to complete an exercise, your partner can verbally encourage you. Some people need that encouragement. Um, sometimes it's about safety as well. Your, your partner can help you lift the bar if you're struggling and so on. If you're walking or you're jogging or you're riding a bike, the same principle applies. You can push each other as required. As long as it's safe and it's appropriate based upon you know, each person's experience and fitness level. But uh, this concept of accountability, being accountable to each other with a training partner, if that motivation is lacking, as we're mentioning, then it's easy sort of, I think you can say, oh, I'm going to skip this session. But if you've got a training partner, you say, well, I'm, I'm accountable to this person yeah. and you're more likely, more likely to show up, I think. Mm. What about confidence? Do you get confidence if you're working out on your own? Yeah, I think if, you, if you're by yourself, um, you know, that, that could be something which um, there could be a barrier for you to actually go to a gym. You know, some people feel embarrassed about their level of fitness or they're worried about body image or someone. Having a friend, you know, having someone who can train with you can, can ease some of those concerns, some of those anxieties, and you can enjoy the training together. So when you're with a training partner, you know, the confidence boosting can come from them teaching you different types of exercises, different types of training, and, and vice versa. They may design exercises or programs differently to what you're used to, so you're able to try different things as well. And, and by doing so, there we, we come back to this concept of variety. You add variety to your exercise routine, your body gets challenged in different ways, and you can help take your fitness to the next level. So, so confidence is, is one of those things. But one of the main things, probably the most important thing about training with a partner is the issue of safety. Now, it's absolutely necessary when you're working out with weights, for example, but what about with other exercise or other workouts? Yeah, I think having someone with you, can, you know, if you're, especially if you're pushing each other, if you're walking or running or doing those sorts of things, you've got someone who's there with you looking out, you're looking after each other. There's a safety aspect to that when you're, when you're training with someone. Um, I think especially the safety comes from lifting objects you know when you're lifting heavier weights and you know if you're doing a bench press where you're lying on your back and you're pressing the weight up 
a partner can spot you. you know, they can usually stand behind you and help you lift a, a, a heavier weight than you might normally want to lift because you think, oh, gee, I'm going to drop this. But if you've got a training partner, they're there to help you. If you're struggling with that exercise, your partner provides just that amount of assistance to allow you to complete the exercise, you know, and that's in good technique. And you can do the extra repetition or two, and you start to, you know, get a training benefit because you're lifting heavier than what you would normally do. And if you can do that consistently, then you start to see those rewards. So there's a safety factor that allows you to get to a higher level as well. So I think that the safety comes then pushing up with that, the concept of intensity. If you're with a training partner who gives you that extra incentive to exercise just that little bit harder than you would on your own, then I think that's, you know, overall everything goes up a notch and you sort of get a, a better return on, on, your, on your investment of time and effort. Gordon Lynch is our guest talking health and fitness this morning. What about specialising in your exercises beyond just the generic, you know, walking, running, swimming, weightlifting, whatever it is that you do, when you're working with more specialised exercises? I can imagine it's much better, easier, safer, more convenient if you're doing that with somebody else. Yeah, I think all of the above. Uh, There was a recent show we did um, about lowering weights and that was um, comparing how you know, weights are lifted, they're shortening muscles or lengthening muscles and, and so on. One of the examples, if you're straining to complete an exercise, if you're lifting a barbell, one of the long bar, and your partner can step in quickly, they can take off some weight from either side of the bar, so careful you don't lose your balance, but it allows you to get a few more repetitions at a lower weight with, you know, with no rest in between. That's a, that's a tough way of training, but Having that training partner there allows you to do this specialised form of exercise. It's called a stripping set, where you, you're stripping weights off the bar as you're as you're completing the number of repetitions, and you can squeeze out a few more reps from that. Then you can you know get to that next level of fitness. You can do exercises together, so you can use each other as resistance. You, know, you can be pushing against each other and so on. So the idea of these specialised exercises are much harder to perform when you're by yourself, but when you've got a training partner, uh, all of those things that you mentioned uh, come into play. Yeah. So there are all the advantages of training with a partner. There must be disadvantages or advantages to training solo, for example. So where do we start there? Yeah, and I think that's where we sort of come back to, to this thing, whatever works for you. I mean, I think one of the one of the reasons that there could be a disadvantage of having a training partner is if there's a, a mismatch with the person. So, um, a bad workout partner might be someone who distracts you from from your efforts and prevents you from from doing your best. So, you know, I, I think you're there together to work out, and you need to be as serious as it needs to be, um, so that each of you you know, can benefit from that. So you need to be, I sort of call this enthusiastically focused. If if one of the persons that you're training with is, is saying, well, that is, is taking off course, then that's going to be a distraction to where you need to be. So I think distractions um, would be one thing. Another one would be, you know, the natural things about inflexibilities with scheduling. So training partners need to have some flexibility in their schedules to be able to, you know, plan changes with that person. Sometimes it's just natural that training partners become incompatible because they may have limited availability because of work commitments, could be family commitments and so on. So it may be that a training partner doesn't work out and you have to go back to, to training alone until you maybe find someone else who, who may be a better match for you. And, and the final thing I thought 
which is, is a, a bit of a, of a distraction, is it not surprising if you've got two people that need to get through a program, the, the workouts are going to take longer. So you know, if you're training solo, you can sort of get through things pretty quickly. But if you're training with someone that you need to rest, they need to rest, you need to change the weights, they need, you know, and so on. So you need to take that level of commitment into consideration if the workouts are going to go for longer if you're training with a partner. So that could be advantage or it could be somewhat of a disadvantage depending upon the situation. So advantages and disadvantages of always, it's always what works for you. Some people prefer training alone. Others need to have someone there to push you. Um, it's whatever is going to get you to start training and to be consistent with that effort. Also, you've talked many times about if you're just going out for a walk as you're training, a pretty brisk walk, that two people will talk, won't they? And that might be a good way of knowing that you need to be walking a bit faster or putting a bit more effort into it if you can still carry on a conversation. But if there are two people, they are more likely to talk than if you're just out there by yourself. Yeah, and that could be beneficial it could help you w- walk for longer and then some you know keep you interested as, as you're enjoying the scenery or engaging in conversation but remember you know the idea of the walk is for an outcome and if we're walking such that we're talking uh, with you know as as we would normally then maybe the intensity of that effort is not sufficient you need to the talk test is about talking in sort of clipped sentences where you know you're walking but you you can't get the full sentences out because you really are walking at a pace which shouldn't allow you to talk uh, that way so walking and training with a partner is fantastic but making sure that we're 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 recognizing what we're there for we're there to enjoy each other's company yes we can have a conversation but we're there to get the return on the investment as well all right gordon thank you very much for that Good advice as people go out this morning, exercising either on their own or with somebody else or maybe in a group. I mean, cycling is an important exercise and maybe it is safer to exercise, as you often see on a Saturday morning, in a big group or at least a group of a a dozen or half a dozen or so cyclists rather than a a single cyclist on their own. Yeah, and I think you you often see that in the the packs and the the safety in numbers and so on. I think that's that's a pretty good thing. And they can use that when they're training together about who's leading and who's following, etc. Gordon, thanks very much. Thanks a lot, Rod. Gordon Lynch, Health and Fitness. And that was another podcast from ABC Radio Overnights. I'm Rod Quinn. Thanks for listening.